again to the Yes and I Am podcast, the podcast where we learn about people. I'm Aaron Max, and today's guest I am very excited about. He is a two-time Tony Award winner and kind of a legend in the biz. Uh, I'm here to talk to him about what's going on with Broadway and just kind of this whole quarantine and, like, if he thinks the industry will bounce back. It's a weird time. This is our first, like, podcast episode where we're not in the same room so we'll see how that works i would like to introduce you all to theater great harvey firestein how's it going harvey hi hi how are you how are you good good oh you you seem a little hoarse there harvey this is just how i talk i tell i talk like if a muppet smoked yeah um I, i that was my attempt at a joke there um you have a very iconic voice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, so how have you been doing there in, like, quarantine? How has it been staying at home? Well, I'm not allowed to leave uh, after midnight on most nights because of the pact I've made with God. But I will say this quarantine has showed me one thing that I've always sort of knew, known is true. Uh, bodegas. Bodegas are timeless. Bodegas are timeless. Yes. And I mean, actually timeless. If you walk into a bodega, it is the same it was in 1975 that it is right now. Like they have the same items and everything? Everything. What, what, like, but I mean, I, I would assume like snacks have like been updated and stuff, you know. Um, nope. Food's got expiration dates. Nope. No, 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 no. I'm saying that a bodega is literally a moment in time that no longer changes. Oh, wow. I mean, yes. uh, have you not been to a bodega in a while? I have not. I mean, I, I would Last assume time that... I was in a bodega was 1975. Uh, how do you remember that? I remember the exact moment. I looked over to Jerry Herman. And I said, look, 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 the Dominicans are coming. We need to move out of the neighborhood. Well, so where was that neighborhood? Where were you living? I was still in Brooklyn uh, at the time. Uh, now I live in Brooklyn also, but a different neighborhood. It's a class system in Brooklyn. And I remember that the neighborhood I was living in, which I think uh, the kids now, they call it um, uh, what's Williamsburg. It used to just be Jews and Puerto Ricans. And I used to say, if you get a Jew and you get a Puerto Rican together, it makes a Dominican. And that became true with the bodegas. But you didn't you didn't want to stick around? No. No, no, hey, no. If you, hey, if you stayed there now, your apartment might have been worth like a pretty penny. It's been quite gentrified. I have enough money. I don't do it for the money. What do you do it for? The men. Oh, so, so why are you still in Brooklyn then? For the men. Well, you nothing, mean like, I... nothing like a sausage-fingered Brooklyn man to really get your goat. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm surprised you didn't live somewhere like, um, say, like the West Village, you know? No, no, no. West Vill- now, those are, now, those are queers. I'm a, I'm a Brooklyn homosexual. Through and through. You can't be, in the village, you can't be Jewish and gay. It's not. It's something that cops used to say. If you're gonna be gay, you can't live in the village and be Jewish. That's why you get Gentile gays 
in the village. Okay. It's why they call it the village voice. What does that mean? Well, if it was Jewish, they would have called it the village. Uh, speaking of Jewish, it is, while we're recording right now, the um, holiday of Passover. Yeah. So Chag Sameach. Happy Pesach. Chag to you. Um, yeah, you recently did a, a, a stream with a bunch of uh, yes. Broadway alum uh, called yes. Saturday Seder. How was oh. that? You, you guys had to do it over like Zoom and y'all did yeah. a different part. You yeah. had like this very emotional speech at the end. I did. I did. I did. I'm going to read you a piece of that speech right now. We come together as Jews on Zoom like our forefathers did and their forefathers did. As as I hope someday, not my children, I'm not going to have kids, but someday someone's children will be sitting on Zoom having a Seder because of a pandemic. This is not my first pandemic, if you know what I mean. No, literally, it's not my first pandemic. But this is all in the speech, by the way. I'm not just ad-libbing now. This is the speech, including this part, which didn't make sense at the time, but now, huh? Anyway, uh... Yummy, yummy, I got rumblies in my tummy. Anyway, that's what I got. Thank you. And that was, oh, thank you, that was the speech. I know. Tears to my eyes. Yeah. I, I think I'm a little bit of my mic gotten edited uh, for the actual stream. Well, you know, it's the audio doesn't always work as well. But yeah, they got some like big guns for this stream. They had yeah. like you, yeah. they had Richard Kind, yeah. Adina Menzel, yeah. Ben Platt. Like Josh Grove, there's a lot of like Illuminati of Jews, yeah. I mean, uh, even Steven Schwartz like played the piano for it. Well, he has to. Why does he have to? He lives in my basement. Oh, really? I I did not know that. Yeah. Um, were were you involved in the making of the Prince of Egypt? Oh, I was supposed to voice Moses, but I I read for it. I tested. And I remember what the studio said. They called back and they said, we will burn every copy of this film if that fat Jew, I said fat, fat Jew, reads this part. And that's how they cast Val Kilmer. They, they, they couldn't have given you like a, a, like a more like character role in it. I mean, no, I know you, no. you've been in animated stuff before. You were in Mulan. Yes, yeah, I, I played Mulan. I haven't seen the film, but... I feel I feel like if I would have given a character part, it wouldn't have been best for me, you know? I am Moses, in a way. How, how are you Moses? Because much like Moses, I parted the Red Sea, my Red Sea was being gay in the 70s. Uh, and how did you lead people to freedom? Oh, freedom. Oh, I'm nothing like Moses. I thought it was a party thing. Oh, okay. I once hung around a desert for 40 days. What were you doing there? I thought I was Moses. Oh, okay. And did you talk to a burning bush? <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. So how have you been celebrating the holiday? I know we're all at home. We're all kind of lonely. Yes. You know, we all have our own ways of making adjustments. What adjustments have you made? Well, usually every year in the Seder, I like to um, think about what Elijah would do, you know? I like to go to people's houses, sit in their empty chairs, 
But this year I wasn't allowed to do that. So I just sat in my own chairs and I have to say it didn't work out as I planned. But in the long run, in in everything, I know we're not allowed to touch faces. I know we're not allowed to get in six feet of people. I know we're not allowed to kick the elderly. But I feel like when we get out of this, I'm going to touch every face. I'm going to get in close proximity of everyone. And I'm going to kick the shit out of the oldest person I see. Oh, really? Just bloody. That, that, Just was, that was a little bit of a turn. I mean, no. you, you no. yourself, you're, you're not too young yourself. I mean, you're, you're 65. I, I am 65 years young, yes. I mean, don't you consider yourself old? No. You get old at 71. Okay. That's why I said I'll be dead before I'm 71. Or I'll be dead at 71. Because I have made a lot of enemies. Oh, wait, wait, who's your enemies? I mean, you have a lot of, like, contemporaries that, like, hold uh, you into, a, like, a high esteem. Well, Rosie O'Donnell hates me. Wait, uh, why does Rosie O'Donnell hate you? Uh, she said, well, her and I, we did Fiddle on the Roof on Broadway back in 2005, 2006. And one night, we're on stage, and I had forgotten a line. And Rosie ad-libbed, and I hate, I hate ad-libbing. So I said, Rosie O'Donnell, I'll punt you in the cunt if you ad-lib again. Yeah. Wow. What happened was, that was the day a school was there, and I was removed from the show. Oh, man. (laughs) How How did they finish the show? Oh, anyone can play Tevia. They probably just got someone from the audience. I don't know. I was escorted out. I mean, and you had big shoes to fill when you were playing Tevia. I yeah. mean, you uh, famously replaced Topol. Yeah. Um, I played. What was that like? Well, I met with Topol before this is all cut down. I met, I said, I'm going to play Tevia. And he laughed at me. And at the time, I think Topol was 72. So I just start kicking. And I'm, I am kicking the shit out of Topol. You, uh, you know Topol. And then that's when I realized, this is Tevia. Tevia kicks the shit out of people? Yep. I, I never saw Tevia as a fighter. He kind of, like, through the whole, like, play, he just kind of, like, follows what's going on and doesn't really fight yep. back. Well, this Tevia fought back. If you were to rewrite Fiddler, what would happen with Tevia? Well, you know how as, as we know, you, you you are quite the esteemed like I playwright. Am, I w- yeah, I'm a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. So yeah. I would at the end of it because listen, I'm not saying that uh, Jerry Hawk and uh, whatever they did a bad job. I'm just saying I like a happy ending. You know, all my plays have happy ending. I mean, look at Torch Song. Torchunk has a happy ending because he realizes that he's going to be alone for the rest of his life. I mean, um, and then uh, Kinky Boots, Lakaja Foe. Yeah, all very happy endings. I, I was, I would, so right now, Fiddler ends, right? The Jews are kicked out of Russia. Anna Tevka is gone. I would have Tevya look out and go, you know what? I'm going to go to Chicago. And no, that's it. That's it. Yeah. He just goes to Chicago. Probably has a good life. 
Would you ever like write a sequel to Fiddler on the Roof? Oh, yes. What would happen in Fiddler on the Roof 2? First off, we'll call it He Got Down. So in He Got Down, uh, the the Jews from Anatevka are now in Chicago. And everything is fine until they find out that in Chicago, it's not a lot. They don't like it. If you're singing and dancing. <clears throat> so, Tevia's wife. Oh, God. What's her name? Oh. Uh, uh, I, I, I'll call I her know. Ethel. Ethel. She. Uh, she murders Tevia, right? Goes to jail. Oh. Wait, Tevia dies? Tevia dies. First five oh. minutes. Murdered. Wow. Okay. Tevia's wife, Ethel. Goes to jail. In jail, she becomes a big-time star because of her glitzy lawyer. The glitzy lawyer helps her get off. All right? And then she goes into vaudeville. It, it sounds like you're describing the plot of the musical Chicago. Oh, shit. I do that a lot. Oh, my God. You steal other people's ideas or you just yeah. like, think it's your own? Oh, I steal all the time. It's You know what they say. Every good artist deals. Every great Jewish gay artist doesn't give a shit. Okay. Yep. Is there any other great Jewish gay artist that hasn't given a shit about stealing? No. I'm the only one. Okay. Oh, you're the only I'm great like, one? I'm like a Tigger. I said Tigger because I'm the only one. Okay. Uh, get it? I, yeah. I came up with that right now. Uh, all right. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, because we're in yeah. quarantine right now and a lot of like the theater industry is closed. Ugh. Do you, do you think Broadway will bounce back and how will they? Broadway always bounces back. All right. Always hippity hoppity. They bounce back. Broadway is like a rabbit. And I've said this time and time again. Um, after nine 11, everyone was like, how are we going to come back from this? And I said, you know what? Give it a week. Six months later, we were fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, it, like, I don't know. I, I feel like never in our lifetimes have we felt something this dramatic, like where uh, everything is closed for so long. Hurricane Sandy happened. They shut down Broadway for two weeks. Two weeks. When Hurricane Sandy came back, everything was fine. Yeah, but this has been over a month or so. I mean, we've been in this for the long run. Yeah. Well, okay. So what's the worst case scenario? Um, Shows don't open and, like, places go bankrupt? And places go bankrupt. If there's one thing I know about show business is there's no business like it. All right? So, yeah, shows will close. But you know what will open? More shows. Oh, I mean, that that's true. Do you think this year's Tonys will happen? Because they've been canceled indefinitely. Yeah, like, I, I think, I think they're going to happen. And I think you know who's going to win? Uh, who? Dear Evan Hansen. Now, I know it didn't open this year. But give it to the whites, you know? Give it to the whites. They don't get enough. They never get enough. I mean, I guess. Uh yeah. 
did like as a two-time Tony Award winner, what what advice can you give to like people that may have been nominated but like either their show didn't get a chance to open or like you know the fact that there just isn't Tonys this year? What what advice would you give I'm them? I'm gonna tell you what I told Steven Songheim the night of the 1984 Tony Awards when he lost to my good friend Jerry Herman. I said, Steven, you lost. Wah, wah, wah. Eat shit. And that was it. And I have not seen him since. Uh, I'm sorry, Steven, if you're listening right now, we've had Steven on the podcast. Great guest. And I if you're listening. I, and I hear he's a piece of shit. Uh, I, I enjoyed his company. I, uh, Steven, if you're listening, I'm hoping you're having a happy Pesach. I guarantee you he's hiding in a bathroom somewhere because he knows this virus would kill him. You know what they say about you know what they say about viruses. If it wasn't the last one, the next one will get you. I've lived through the AIDS crisis. I've lived through De Blasio, but Corona's gonna get me. I swear to God. See, you're not even gonna make it to seventy-one then. Ah, I hope not. All right. Well, we've reached the point of the show where we like to do a few speed Great. rounds. Okay. Uh, we play a few games on this show. The first game we like to play is Fuck, Mary Kill. Basically, I have three names listed, and you tell me what category each name goes into. All right. First name, Nathan Lane. Second oh. name, Zero Marstell. Mm. Third name, Mandy Patankin. All right. Kill Mandy Patankin. He is an uppity piece of shit. I swear. See, he wasn't at Seda. He was invited He's invited every year. He's like Elijah. I leave a chair out for him. I would, uh, I'd fuck Nathan Lane. I'd fuck Nathan Lane because I don't want to have to live with him. He's too much. And I would say I'd, I'd marry Zero Mostel because he's already dead and I could just take the money. Okay. I mean, sound logic there. Hey, the next hey, that's, we... a, that's another Tevia, by the way. We got two, three Tevias. We yeah, and I mean, heads. it's true. Uh, who's the best Tevia? Uh, Alfred Molina. R- really? Yeah. Interesting choice. That's just a true one. Go on. <laughs> All right. Well, the next game we like to play here is a little bit of word association. Basically, I have uh, some words listed out, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I say them. All right. First word. Stage. Ah. Screen. Ah! Cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Cigarettes. <sighs> Passover. <laughs> yeah. Quarantine. Ah! Old. Ugh. Raspy. No. And Broadway. Fabulous. All right. Well, I want to thank Harvey Firestein for coming out here again. Harvey, is there anything you want to say to our listeners before you head out? Don't trust bodegas. All right. Well, thank you again, Harvey, for stopping by. And thank you all. It is code. And we will see you all next time.
thank you again for listening to the Yes and I Am podcast. This podcast has been completely improvised. So instead of having the actual Harvey Firestein here with us today has been my buddy, Patrick J. Riley. How's it going, Patrick? Oh, man, I'm so happy that we're not doing Harvey anymore. Jesus, my voice is uh, fucking destroyed. <laughs> I so it was going to be either him uh-huh. or, or Richard Kind. Oh, honestly, it's uh, de- double-edged sword there. It's either I do one voice that's uh, a lot or I do another voice that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I both of them I've wanted to do on the show, and I'm going to, like, get to both of them. But, like, because just both of them are just fun voices. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I... I mean, well, I mean, I'm glad you made the 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 Harvey choice because Harvey Firestein's one of my heroes. Really? Yeah. Um, go on. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Torch Song Trilogy was a play I read when I was a freshman in high school, and it became this big. Uh, um, it became like this big, this this big like transformative show, and like the, there's a movie version that's also very good. But the play, I um, I never, I I only seen it. I've seen it recently, with like the last production that was on Broadway, the revival. But um, I'm actually holding the copy of my script right here. But it's something like I read back to front a couple, couple dozen times. And then as a kid, I saw him on Broadway a ton of times because my mother and I would go see shows all the time. And like our favorite guy was Harvey Firestein. I mean, he was like on a tear for a while too. Like where he was like in thousands. Yeah. Like I saw him, I saw him and Rosie in Fiddler, twice. How was Rosie? Oh, she's great. I love Rosie O'Donnell. My aunt worked for Rosie O'Donnell for a while, and I was on the Rosie show, Rosie O'Donnell show once. Uh, On it or like on the show? No, I was on the show once. They did a week where she would. I think she maybe she only did this once, but I kind of remember doing it a few times where she would do Nickelodeon weeks. And every episode, she would have, like, guests on, and then they would have kids on, and the kids would do games with the guests. And I was on an episode where it was me and one of the girl, and we did, like, a popping balloons bit. And it was Rosie O'Donnell, this girl, myself, and then my teammate was, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Bill Cosby? Wait, no way. And there, I have... Somewhere in my in my mother's house, in my my grandmother's house, there's, you're kidding me. No, a hundred percent true. There is a DVD of me on the Rosie O'Donnell show with my partner Bill Cosby. Um, <laughs> I remember. Whoa. Here's the thing: I remember Rosie O'Donnell being one of the nicest people I've ever met because I was, I think, I was seven. I was probably seven. Um, I was six or no, I was seven. I was seven years old. And I was it also who was on my ep- on the episode with me. It wasn't just Bill Cosby. It was Keenan Thompson, who was famous for Keenan and Kel. Yeah, and he's great. I, yeah, I loved Keenan and Kel, and I uh, was a very adventurous kid. And um, they had us wait in a green room, and my mother wasn't there because my aunt my aunt worked on the show. She was a, a sound engineer, okay. so she was like, "Oh, that's my nephew." He'll just stay in the room here, the green room, and don't worry. Uh, we'll have uh, my my mother can just go wait in the audience. So I was just in the green room by myself, and my aunt had to go do something. So I got up and just started walking around and entering other people's green rooms. And <laughs> Keenan Thompson, who was just like, "Oh, hey, did anyone lose a child?" And he was really nice. And then, but Rosie O'Donnell was so sweet to all the kids involved. 
And then Bill Cosby just reprimanded me the whole time because I was very energetic. Where oh, Rosie, no. Rosie thought it was cute because I was seven. And like, she was like, she was, she was literally like, she was like holding me and grappling me. And she's like, oh, this guy's a crazy little animal. And it was very cute where Bill Cosby was like, you're going to stand still and you're going to stand in your mark and you're not going to make a noise. And I'm like, oh man, you're very overpowering you old man. And then, you know, yikes. Anyway. So yeah, I was on the Rosie O'Donnell show with Bill Cosby, but so I always love Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, she just recently did her, uh, she re- recently did the Rosie show again with a bunch of Broadway people for charity, like two weeks ago. Oh, I, okay. I watched the whole thing. I love Rosie O'Donnell, but then, yeah, but yeah, the, but like her, she was one of my first episodes I ever did was Rosie O'Donnell. Oh yeah, like in the first year of doing the podcast, so it was like oh, for fun. some reason like she was a celebrity that I was like raised on. So I was like, people yeah. all love Rosie O'Donnell. I'm like, now I'm thinking back. I'm like, who knows Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> I well, you know, too about Rosie is like Rosie. Rosie and like um, Rosie, Maury Sendak and and Harvey are all people like comedians, like not comedians, but like all people from Brooklyn that when I when I was growing up, I would like be like, oh, well, you know, the fucking guy who wrote Where the Wild Things Are and Rosie O'Donnell has her own TV show and uh, Harvey Firestein's this big Broadway actor and they all sound like they're from Brooklyn, you know? It's true. Most importantly, that's not not just that they are from Brooklyn because there's like a lot of famous people from Brooklyn, but like they have the accent. Cindy Lauper too. Cindy Lauper sounds like, like. Have you heard Cindy Lauper talk? Yeah, of course. Oh my god, she sounds like trash from the from Borough Park, and I love it, and I live for it because I sound like that a lot of the time. You know, I mean, you don't you you hide it well. Mm. Like I I've never that's heard you go like really old Brooklyn. You 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 have I I when I get drunk I get very full Brooklyn I get very full Brooklyn and gay very fast when I drink. Um, have you ever done a Harvey Firestein before? Oh, all the time, all the okay. time. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite impressions. I used to do it in high school all the time. Um, I my, one of my uh, uh, my muses and one of my good friends Rosa Escondone, who's in my sketch team, Infinite Sketch. She does a perfect Carol Channing, like a perfect Carol Channing. And I do Harvey and uh, I've written a bunch of sketches where she's just Carol Channing. And I had this one sketch where it was Carol Channing's talk show. And we ended up never doing it because it was uh, just a bunch of it was just a bunch of references to 70s Broadway actors that no one else on the team had any idea what the fuck we were talking about. So it was basically it was. Um, Carol Channing and her Ed McMahon, like her sidekick, was Harvey Firestein. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, and Jerry Herman was the um, a musical accompaniment. Accompaniment, and um, the guest of the night was gonna be uh, fucking uh, what? Uh, um, oh, what's what's their name? Uh, uh, Gold in my ear. And it was gonna, <laughs> it was gonna be Carol Channing and Harvey Firestein interviewing Golda in my ear, and everyone was like, "Hi, hi Golda, how you doing?" Yeah. And it was I'm just great. Be, it's yeah. great what you did for the state of Israel. But that was gonna be the thing. It was gonna be the most Jewish thing in the world because it was gonna be like uh, Carol Channing. Carol Channing just being like, "Howdy, uh, uh, what was the line?" It was it was just like, "So you deal with politics, huh?" 
but can you deal with taps? And then she would just start tap dancing, and Harvey would just be like, tap, Carol, tap, tap, Carol, tap, and cold in my ear would just be like, in the middle, being like, what is happening? It's It was such a weird sketch that never got put up, for a good reason, to be honest. When, when I think of um, uh, Harvey Fierstein, I, I think yeah. of, like, uh, Roz from Monsters, Inc., yeah, and I don't think he voiced that role. Yeah, that was the director. I think that was Chris Sanders, who but did the like, voice. But like, that, that's what—that's the voice I hear when I hear Harvey Firestein. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he is—he's that voice in. Because uh, that's his voice in uh, Mulan. He voiced uh, the little guy. Yow, yow. yow. And Which, then, like, I almost wanted to ask him about the new Mulan and his non-involvement. Oh, that would be fun. I feel like Harvey would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like. Just like the fact that like there's no white people in the new Mulan, which hey, good. I'm that's a great thing. That being said, yeah, for sure. I'm also very mad that they're not doing any of the songs that I loved as a child. Oh, oh for sure. I mean, uh, how can I make a man? This is a classic, you know. Yeah, man, it's great. I I love Mulan. Mulan's one of my favorite Disney movies, that, and it has nothing to do with the fact Harvey Firestein's in it. Just as an adult, uh, about like five years ago, my friend and I. We're going to, we wanted, you know, it was like when you start comedy and you just, every other week you want to start a brand new podcast and you have an idea for a new podcast. And then none of it really pans out until you find your stride kind of thing. And it was about to say, like, as far as podcasts go, this podcast is like, you know, exceeded the five episode limit that most podcasts do. Yeah, exactly. So my friend Sam and I were going to do a podcast where we just watch Disney movies and then we would talk about being two grown men who are still very Disney. And I was also very closeted. Not very closeted. I was just very kind of like, ha, 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 you know, I'm gay. Wink, wink. But it's like now it's more I'm more uh, open and accepting of it to myself. But back then it was very much just like, isn't it weird that I watch Disney movies where uh, I'm not that anymore? But I rewatched Mulan like five years ago and I was taken aback about how good a film it is. It holds the fuck up, not just as a Disney movie, but as like a movie. It's such a good movie. Uh, and Harvey Firestein's so funny in it and good. I feel like the worst part of that movie is uh, Eddie Murphy. So, yeah, if, if you um, cut out Eddie Murphy, that mo- I think it's like a, I think it might be the best Disney movie. There was a Honest Trailers episode on YouTube where they're like, and Eddie Murphy workshopping what he'll do to play Donkey and Shrek. Yeah, exactly. Which, hey, you know what? Eddie Murphy as Donkey, uh, best. Be- one of the best parts of that movie. In in uh, Mulan Rouge, in, in Mulan Rouge, in Mulan, it makes zero sense. Oh, for um, sure. Because even like with Harvey Farstein and with like B.D. Wong's character, where they're like goofy guys, they're goofy, but they're still in that universe where you can have the ancestral ghost. And that makes sense. But the fact that a small dragon shows up makes yeah, it's a stupid yeah, it's weird a, dragon sidekick that like yeah, it really adds tough. nothing. It adds absolutely nothing. And it's weird. You can have the animal sidekicks like all the other ones do. You know, the cricket is fine. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do need to rewatch it. Um, yeah. But also at the same time, like, I'm sure I'm going to like find it problematic because like most of these Asian people are being voiced by white actors. Yeah, there, a lot of them are, but there are a good majority of them are not. So there's always there's always that silver lining. And yes, uh, Donny Osmond, not Asian. Well, <laughs> Donny Osmond doesn't voice the character in the rest of the movie; only sings the song. 
Oh wait, he doesn't voice. Who voices him? Um, I think that's um. Is that BD Wong's character? No, BD Wong's the fat one. I thought. No, BD no. BD Wong. I think it's a thin, the the, the long necked guy. Oh, uh, the, the 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 general. No, 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 not the general. And uh, he's the other guy. So there's the three, the fat guy. The oh yeah, guy. no, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, no. Donny Osmond uh, does the voice of the general. He, yeah, but only the singing part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shang Z, right? Or... Yeah, I don't know. No, Lee Shang. Lee, that, that. Yeah, Lee Shang is BD Wong. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why, why couldn't he sing then? I, that's in, well, you know, it had to be a name. That makes no sense. Now knowing it's BD Wong is fucking. BD Wong is a name. He's, we, I don't think he was a name. When was Law and Order SVU out? Well, I don't think he was in SVU until 2008. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. But that's cool. It's a fun trivia fact. And now we all know. And now yeah. we all. Anyway, um, but uh, man, it's a really good cast. I'm just looking at the cast right now. Fucking Pat Marina's in it. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's worth yeah. a rewatch, especially because the remake's not going to come out until a long time. Yeah. You know what I'll say to back to Harvey is um, I feel like Harvey Farstein is like very I think he gets laughed a lot because like, he has that voice. And he's a big he's a big name. Right. In like for sure. Being like a silly like, oh, he's a big campy guy. This is how he talks. He is so important to the um hiv aids crisis in the 80s and also um gay representation on not just tv but um in hollywood in general because he was very out he was very out and proud and he famously he was on cheers you ever see the episode of cheers with harvey on it i've only watched one episode of cheers and that's the pilot there's an episode where he where it's um oh what's her name uh chris christy chrissy uh Brinkley? No, 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 no. Uh, Allie, Chrissy Allie, Christy, Allie, Kristen Allie, her character, her high school boyfriend is coming um, to the bar to meet up with them, and she thinks that her high school boyfriend's going to come, and then they can hook up again. Um, and then uh, it turns out it's Harvey Firestein. And <laughs> it was one of the first time that a character was introduced as, like, gay, where he was out and gay and it was a gay actor and he didn't play it was it was weird because a lot of how how fat was harvey firestein then no he he didn't get fat until he got into his like fifth 40s or 50s it, oh, he for was, some reason i've always like seen him as fat in my no head. he's he was lean he was i mean he was probably like he's he's chunky for chunky's sake but he was he was lean i mean in Twerk song he's pretty thin uh yeah and then also i mean like he wrote the book to moulin uh, to uh, la Caja falls yeah. Which is one of the best musicals ever, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he's a very successful playwright, very successful yeah. actor. Um, but yeah, he's he's definitely one of those people. It's like an icon that I needed to do on this show. But also, like, I knew only a few people could pull it off. You're one of the ones I'm like, Pat can yeah, probably yeah, pull yeah. this off. Thank you. Um, but speaking of stuff you can pull off. Yeah. Uh, you you've got some stuff going on in, during these quarantine times. You want to tell our listeners a little bit about it? Yeah, well, you're you're on one episode. I started a web show uh, called Quarantine Mustache, which is I I write and and act in a uh, sketch group 
uh, called Infinite Sketch, which is a sort of David Foster Wallace meta sketch show. Um, and because of the uh, quarantine, we're not going to be able to do any shows anytime soon. But also because of the quarantine, I lost my job uh, as a teacher, as an after school teacher. So I've had um, nothing to do. So I've just been writing sketches and writing sketches and writing sketches for shows that will not happen for the foreseeable future. So I started a sketch reading show where I have a bunch of comedians on and we read the sketches that I wrote. And you're on an episode where you play Norman Bates in a uh, Bates motel sketch. Mm -hmm. Um, And you did a a fantastic job. Uh, Thank you very much. You also know how to work the computer better than I. So you can, uh, uh, made a little background, the base motel background. That was great. Um, Yeah. And that's, Yeah, yeah, that's the show. I'm very proud of it. You know, and it's now SNL quality because that's what SNL does now. Yeah, yeah, it is honestly the quality of SNL. That is where we're at. Um, but uh, yeah, and I've been doing it for I have I think I have uh, as of it, it, uh, so a little yeah. inside for the listeners. Uh, Pat was talking to me uh, a few like a week ago or so about like these Reddit trolls that like have been uh, yeah the worst about like why would you even do something like that and i'm like now i'm like watching snl because they just did their like quarantine episode i'm like so what's the troll saying about them then oh the same things it also was like one guy so i put up i put the episodes up um and then i started to be you know the 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 promotion thing and i started posting it places and i uh i did and i wrote a sketch that's about animal crossing that i was really proud of and I put it on Reddit, and uh, the first comment I got was, um, why didn't you film this? And I was like, <laughs> because of the quarantine. He goes, well, you could have had everyone film their parts individually. I'm like, they they would have to be in the same room. What are you fucking talking about? And he goes, this is so unfunny and terrible, and why would you do this? And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I lo- I, I stalked the guy. And, uh, oh, no. 41-year-old man from Ireland with a child. And he, before the quarantine, made a short film starring him where he plays three different characters in a room. And I'm like, oh, you just don't have people to perform with. That's your own issues. Okay. I'm not crazy. But yeah, so, but it's, uh, but my. So you really had to like neg this guy before you could like accept his like words. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I had a, I had a, I had to make sure that he, uh, wasn't better than me. And then I can feel good about it. You're like making sure this isn't Lorne Michaels. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh no, Lorne doesn't like my stuff. You know? Um, but yeah, and I'm, I, I mean, I'm really proud of it. I have uh, like five or six episodes up right now. Uh, I'm posting on uh, my YouTube channel, which is just not Pat Riley, or you can just look my name up. And then um, also I set up a special Instagram because I'm using Instagram TV where you could just upload full episodes or episodes there. And it just goes kind of, kind of goes into like a network where people can just watch it on their phones. And that's at quarantine mustache. That's quarantine mustache underscore show. Ah, you couldn't get quarantine mustache. No, I missed it by a day. No. Yeah. And the guy who is quarantine mustache is literally just photos of quarantine mustache, which is why I call the show quarantine mustache because I started uh, doing a quarantine mustache. I've been thinking about shaving my beard into a mustache. I don't know if I can pull it off. I do it. I think everyone should. I I want to start a trend. I uh, I mean, I don't know if you'd be starting it. It sounds like this guy that got in, in on it a day before you yeah, started. Yeah. No, no, you're 
I watched a documentary about uh, I watched a documentary about uh, San Francisco uh, during the late seventies, and everyone had these mustaches, and I'm like, I'm gonna support my culture. And uh, yeah. I just, but the problem is, I look like Gomez Adams because I can't grow <laughs> hair in the middle of my nose, like underneath my nose, like directly under my nose. I just can't grow hair because I I guess it's the Puerto Rican in me uh, just won't allow me to grow hair there. Was Gomez Adams Puerto Rican? He was Spaniard. Okay, I didn't know. Like, he's, it's very yeah. Gomez. I know. I know he like did like a little like sword thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The actor ah. wasn't. I mean, well, Raul Julia was Puerto Rican uh, in the nineties, but the uh, the original actor wasn't. I don't think. I'm terrible at like you know old TV shows and like knowing their history. Yeah, I was just obsessed with the movie as a kid. Uh, which one? The nineties one with Raul Julia. Okay. No, I was just saying that one or Adam's Family Values. Both of them are really good. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed them. Uh, did, did you watch the remake, the animated one? I walked out of the theater. No. Yeah, I did. Because uh, this is the reason why. I have, uh, AM, I have AMC A-List, uh, so I get three free movies a week. And I went to go see it after drinking uh, with Rosa Escondone, who we previously mentioned. We were drinking, and then I bought a movie ticket, and uh, I couldn't convince her to come with me. So I went by myself, and it was like 11 o'clock at night on a Friday, and it was just a bunch of kids. And then I was just drunk watching this movie. And it's it's <laughs> it's a terrible film. It is the worst movie I saw last year. Wow. That being said, I think it also factored in that it was 11 o'clock on a Friday and I was drunk and I was looking around a bunch of children who were laughing <laughs> and I was getting really like, you don't know fucking comedy, kids. That's not comedy. Just so I was like, all right. And I just walked home. Uh, so, and, yeah. and that's, that's the story. I mean, now we're going to like look back at those, uh, you know, thoughts with yeah. joy because, you know, who knows if movie theaters right. are coming back. If I if I would have known what I know now, I would have stayed in that theater and cherished every second of 2019's The Addams Family. For sure. Foolish I mean, me. I mean, but, you know, we're doing what we can and um, we're yeah. trying to keep entertainment alive here. And um. With shows like Quarantine Mustache, which you guys can check out on YouTube, um, you know, support the arts. If you're listening to this podcast, I guess you might have already been on that show. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. You're episode four. So check out episode four with Aaron. All right. Um, Well, thank you, uh, Patrick, for stopping by. If you want to check out Patrick's Instagram, it's at not Pat Riley, right? Yep. Uh, if you want to check us out on Instagram, we're at yes and I am. We post pictures there of the episodes, and uh, check me out on Instagram. I'm at Aaron Weininger. Thank you all for listening, and thank you, Pat, for coming. Thank and you. we will see you all next time.